what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. You, you want to do the intro this week? I don't care. Let's go for it. It's Friday, June 19th, 2020. Episode number 137 is coming at you. Now I understand what you're faced with every episode after I say that, and you just like don't know what to say because like what do you do, what do you say to follow up? Because that's like a statement. It's not a question. It's not like there's anything you can follow up and say. So that's why I come up with that's a lot of episodes, Carter. That's what you usually say. <laughs> or uh, it's Friday again. Yeah. Uh, so well, what what do you what are you gonna say? It's Friday again, and we have uh, a lot of episodes. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Uh, we- we're already off the rails and we're not even 30 seconds into this one uh are we off are we off the rails are we off the groove a little bit yes the answer is yes um how about how about we stick to something we definitely know uh how about we stick to something we're definitely comfortable talking about which is motorcycles i love motorcycles i know you do four weeks till volusia you stoked on that I am. It's getting closer. I can't wait to see a Grand National at that racetrack. You know, I've been there several years going there, usually leading up to the Daytona, you know, short track or Daytona TT in the more recent years. And there's always like three or four days of racing there. And I cannot wait to see a Grand National there with all the fastest guys. You know, some of the guys ride it leading up to the race at Daytona, but some of them don't. So it's going to be cool to see them all stacked up together. It's going to be interesting for sure to see that as a national. I mean, didn't uh, Fisher pass Mies on the last lap there in Volusia? Yeah, and I've never seen that happen because he went around the outside going into turn number three. Um, It is a car track, and sometimes the groove's kind of small, but Fisher just went around the outside, left the throttle on a little bit longer, I think, shocked the hell out of Mies because I'm sure he Mies, did. Was, Mies was thinking he'd go up underneath and you know go yeah. to the inside and Mies you know was holding the bottom line like he's supposed to and yeah he shocked him and uh, shocked me and won the, uh, the all-star race there it's, so it's crazy uh, it will be good to see one thing that is, might be a little bit different is when Steve Nace has the races there it's during the daytime okay Grand Nationals will be there at night so I I'm not familiar enough with the track in the dirt will the moisture come back up mm-hmm. it is a a, a rich uh, black dirt, you know, a dark colored dirt, and the moisture tends to come up later at night. I know the sprint cars go there. Uh, the World of Outlaws have a speed week there, so I think the dirt will will hold. I just hope there's enough moisture in it to get through until we get to the, you know, when the sun goes down. Well, it'll be the first time a national is held there. There's been plenty of racing before, so... Um... And, and is it, it's not the first time that people have raced at night. I'm sure they've had the Steve Nace races run at night, too, right? Before or no? Not at that track. Gotcha. Well, cool. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that how that all pans out. And I think there's some new protocols that were uh, announced this week for that event, right? Is it just that event or every event? I didn't read the fine print, but I'm assuming the first few events of the yeah. season, while we're still going through the COVID and the, and the pandemic and, and, and the rules and regulations, and, and every state, every track might be different. Yeah, and I'm sure as we get closer to uh, the actual event, there'll be some some more stuff coming out for that. So we'll be we'll be keeping an ear to the ground and, and uh, maybe even having Michael Locke on between now and, and that to, to talk a little bit about stuff. Um, always good to check in with him. Uh, you're actually going to see some racing this weekend, though. Tomorrow, I will be in Terre Haute, Indiana. It's a, a nine-hour drive from Oklahoma City to get up here, but uh, man, I can't wait to watch some racing. 
Yeah, man, it's going to be good. Uh, Steve, Steve Nace and the All-Star crew getting back out there, um, putting on a race this weekend. That'll be great. I'm going to be going up to Indiana, not this weekend, but a month from now. Uh, look, turns out I'm actually going to miss Volusia, which I'm bummed about because Iron Man is running the same weekend, and I'm going to do the outdoor motocross thing. But uh, but yeah, man, it, it'll be cool. I'm planning on hopefully being at Lima, so I'll, I'll definitely get my fix uh, with the doubleheader there at Lima. But yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to end up driving too, and that's 13 hours, so I don't know. I would think flights would be cheap, but when when they finally figured out that Terre Haute was going to happen, I started looking at flights, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's it's yeah. cheaper to drive. Yeah, it takes a full you know longer day and a day to get home, but you know just to go up there and uh, see some motorcycle racing. And I've never been to this track as a uh, announcer. I never raced there. I've I've seen it. I stopped there, and I think I watched some sprint cars there before. But uh, I'm excited for this one for sure. Um, earlier in the week too, my my buddy and your buddy Raymond Rizzo stopped by my house and got to show him around the the Dubler household here. Just just the one I live at, not the not Grandpa's or not my dad. Not but, the mansion. Uh, yeah, not this mansion. <laughs> but uh, we went out to eat and had nice. a good visit. And uh, he's on his way out to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Did you take to him to officiate? Did you take him to what? Big Truck Tacos? No, I. It was kind of far away. He was on a limited time schedule, oh. so we just went to a, a place called S and B Burger, nice. and so that's it's pretty good. So it's close by as well. But he's on his way to Phoenix to uh, officiate a wedding for Tony Acosta, who is another uh, pastor who goes to some of our flat track races when Raymond can't make it. So that's awesome. Uh, he's headed that way. Hope everything goes good with that this weekend. Always good to see, always good to see Raymond and catch up with him for sure. Always good to see any of the flat track family outside of the track. Um, he I think he was there for that Fight Club thing, and he's uh, you know he's helped with our little e racing stuff throughout the off season. So um, we've seen him from time to time, but never uh, never a bad time when you're hanging out with Rizzo for sure. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard Kenny and uh, Sammy Halbert were on the uh, AFT show last night, right? Yep, and it was probably one of my favorites. It was the eleventh uh, episode already of the AFT show. Uh, I have a lot of respect for both of those guys. I've been talking about them pretty much my entire professional announcing career. And Sammy, you know, used to always race a lot of the Steve Nace races, and I do most of those races as well. So I probably called Sammy's name more than anybody else's if if you'd really think about it. But then, you know, Kenny Coolbeth, uh, if you didn't watch the show, you didn't know this fact, but the first race that I announced live as an event announcer uh, Kenny Colbeth won, and I got to interview him that night, and I've got a great, big, humongous, uh, blown-up version of the Cycle News magazine. He signed it for me. So uh, lots of respect for Kenny Colbeth and Sammy Halbert. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Sammy this year, man. He he looked really good down at Traveler's Rest. He won the day on, on Sunday. They've definitely got some speed on that Indian. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go this year once we uh, finally get to racing here in Volusia in the next, uh, in the next month. But, but yeah, man, uh, so you want to get into this week's episode then? Yeah, and, and I'm going to lead it in with this. You just said Sammy Halbert might be a sleeper. Our guest this week, some might consider a sleeper also, because, you know, when you talk about AFT singles riders, a few names always pop up. Yep. Not always does this name come up, but he's won a few races, and I'm picking him to win at least two more this year. Really? Two wins, huh? I like it, man. No, and, and I, I'd have to agree with you, man. Like, it'll be interesting to see how this season goes with no miles on the singles class for this guy, because I know he's usually strong on, on the on the miles. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think that he's definitely got speed. He, he was looking fast down there at Traveler's Rest, too. And uh, I, I definitely look forward to seeing how he goes, uh, if he's able to bounce back from the, from the season that he had last year. A little bit of struggle in here and there, but I mean... He's he's definitely won races. He's definitely podium multiple times. So you know that singles that singles class is a class where any given race day there there could be a different winner. So uh, are you going to tell us who it is or just leave the people guessing? 
Well, I think when I call him, I'll just say it right when we do, right, right when he answers the phone. I'll tell everybody who it is. I like that idea. That'll be fun. Let's give him a call. Hello? From Indianapolis, Indiana, ladies and gentlemen, the freak of nature, Kevin Stallings. What's up, bud? Um, just been <laughs> hanging out and uh, kind of getting things ready, and hopefully the season starts the 17th of July. Yeah, yeah. You been riding or anything right now or anything lately? Uh, yeah, I've been riding. I uh, went to a few races, um, one in Georgia, and then I went to tra- I went to Traveler's Rest as well. And okay. we were going to go to Terre Haute this weekend, but um, we have Father's Day weekend plans. But other than that, I've just been riding around at the house and staying on the bike as much as I can so I can keep it going for when the season starts. Right on. So you can't tuck your dad into going racing instead of going to do something else? <laughs> I'll take an off weekend for one time. Yeah, I hear you. I know we're usually gone on Father's Day, and and I'm actually going to Terre Haute this weekend. At, you know, myself. So, uh, me and my daughter are going to celebrate when I get back. So I understand it. If you get a chance to uh, take the weekend off, if it's not a Grand National, you might as well do that. So, well, I've been I've been dying to have you on the podcast for quite a while. You've been on the list for a long time, but uh, I thought it was time to catch up with you. So I want to start way back. I want to go way back. So where were you born? I uh, born Indianapolis, Indiana, and. Uh... I'm still living in the same place I came home to. That's cool. Do you like growing up in Indianapolis, or what? what's that like? I mean, I've been there, I've raced there, but I've never grown up there, so I don't even know what it's like there. It's not bad. Uh, I live pretty much directly in the city, so it kind of sucks for racing-wise. There's not much around. There's the Mid-America, and that's about the only track that's close. So racing-wise, i got to travel a little bit, but luckily I'm in the center of a lot of racetracks, so I mean, I can go three hours either direction and be it actually three hours to get to three different nationals, Lima, Red Mile, and Springfield. Oh, that's, that's cool. not too bad. No, I like that because, you know, I'm, I'm in Oklahoma City, and when I was racing, there was nothing going on around here until the Oklahoma City Half Mile became a national. So, you know, three hours is pretty close. Um, you said a little while ago that, you, that you've been riding at your house. So do you live out on some land where you have the ability to, to just keep riding every day? Um, I have – I live in the city, but I have a decent – yard i have a little short track here and uh it's nothing special but it's better than sitting around staying off the bike but um i've been actually built it myself and cool came a long way from where it started but um still a crappy little short track but it's keeps me on my toes so on that little track are you talking like you still ride a 450 or run a little pit bikes or you know what what kind of bikes Uh, you ride i can ride a 450 um a little much for it but um like i said it's better than sitting around <laughs> it's, uh i like to ride the pit bikes on it too it's a pretty fun pit bike track okay that sounds like Actually, a lot of a fun pit bike track I should <laughs> say. <laughs> where you gotta shift gears and everything yep yeah that's cool that'd be a lot of fun bike, at least so yeah. it's about a first gear track on the 450 <laughs> i got you all right sounds like a lot of fun so uh, uh probably the main question is how'd you get into motorcycles um my dad's buddy he rode back when he was younger and um, he actually rode with nikki hayden and all those guys when they flat tracked and um he got his son into it and then when i was four i got a little honda 50 and um 
I decided I wanted to race, and we went to him, and he brought me to the local track here, which was not Mid-America at the time. I couldn't tell you the name of it, but uh, I <laughs> went there, and I did did decent. I think I got, like, third place, and I was like, well, heck, do this again. And uh done it again and end up racing the next season, and now I am here now six almost 16 years later uh doing the same same thing wow that's crazy so i gotta know what's your dad's name and, and you know i you know i kind of raced against nikki and some of those guys too but maybe i know the guy who do you know his, do you remember his name uh his name is danny dotson okay i've heard the name before that's cool yep so uh, he's he was local and me and my dad and that's where we started it off that's cool man so so the first track you learned to ride on, it wasn't Mid-America at the time, or was it, is it just changed names in, 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 in the meantime? No, it was completely different track. It was just a little short track. Actually, that's where Dalton and his dad, Mark, used to race, um, and his dad raced uh, Speedway there. Okay. Well, that's cool. So that's when we first met Dalton. was back on 50s. Yeah. And wow. was actually there, so in a while yeah that's a long time i mean you know a lot of people grow up in the sport too but you know when you just put you know that many years together i mean i i don't remember saying your name that often on the pro circuit you know that long on the pro circuit but i know you had a, a really uh, good amateur career we're gonna get, get to that in just a second but uh what is it about motorcycle racing that appealed to you i guess it's kind of just the adrenaline i never thought that i would be riding like this and when i did first try it i was kind of like well, heck, this is pretty fun, <laughs> and um, and I'm still doing it now. And I just kind of like going out there and kind of just trusting the guys around me and girl, I should say. There's a girl too, right? Um, and it's just fun knowing that you can go 100 mile an hour next to the people and just a drill and rush, and you know you're pretty much safe around the people you're riding with. That's cool. Did you? Did you? Pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Did you try anything else other than flat track? Have you done any motocross or cross countries or anything else? Um, no, I've ridden, I've ridden a few motocross, um, don't really like it as much. And I actually went to Jason Pridmore. He has a road racing school and I actually went there with him and tried that for a weekend. And I couldn't say I like it as much as flat track. I still come back. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. You know, I tried a few different things too. And I always, always came back to flat track after I tried it. I never did road race, but I've tried a few other things. But uh, let's go back and, and talk about your amateur career. Uh, if I remember right, you won a lot of amateur titles, didn't you? Um, yeah, I won on the 85cc. I won a few championships in that. And that was in 2011. And I also won Youth Rider of the Year that year. Um, cool. And then I won uh, a couple of the Daytona Bike Week series. Um, I won in 2000, I think it's 15, I should say. Yep. 2015, I won two of the 450 Nationals. And then I also won the Horizon Award that year. So Awesome. Had a pretty good amateur career, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. So who is some of your stiffest competition and who did you battle for, for the Horizon Award as an amateur? Um, my main competition as an amateur was probably Brandon Price. He was okay. with me. We kind of came up together. Dalton, Shannon, all of them were just 
step ahead of me. Well, Shane, I was a couple steps ahead of me, I should say. And uh, I rode with, I think I rode with Sam Bromley a little bit, but not much. Um, and Kyle McGrain was come up with me as well. I can't really remember everybody. Cameron Smith might have been there too. Just a few of us, and everybody else was kind of a step ahead of us or okay. below us, I should say. Right, right. It's always cool to hear, you know, the age group and, and the, the riders that they grew up with and watch them as they progress into the pro ranks. So uh, you turned pro in 2016. It seemed like a pretty smooth transition for you because your first race, you got third at the, the Circuit of the Americas down in Austin. Was it a big step for you to go from amateur up to the professional ranks? I know it's a big step in general for a lot of people. Um, I kind of went in with a good mind and just race like I would anywhere else and actually yeah, I battled with Dalton at in Texas and I end up I think he uh a sliding shoe fell off or something mm-hmm. and kinda of messed him up. I ended up passing him and got third and I was it was a pretty good day and like I see yeah, you said twenty sixteen was a good year for me and uh, I kinda of just trying to keep the momentum and I know I've had bad season last year but we're just gonna keep pushing. Right on. We'll talk about last year in just a minute, but I got a few more I want to bring up just so people can can understand, you know, that you've been around for a little while. 2017, actually 2016, you finished fifth in the GNC two points. I wanted to bring that up. And then 2017, another fifth place in the points in AFT singles class. And this was this was what I found amazing. Twelve top tens, six podiums, and you won your first race at the uh, Red Mile. So what was it like to get in that first professional win there in Lexington? It was crazy. I was actually a actually a crazy day um i know the track was pretty bad um it was pretty dry slick and we had a lot of complaints and i actually ended up crashing and um then i know they made the uh they changed the track and put the line up to try to get more moisture and traction for us and i think we battled me dan bromley and i can't remember who else it was we battled the whole race and i got the checkered flag draft and just felt it was crazy i it was amazing honestly and um gave jerry uh victory ride i'm pretty sure yeah so that was the first win for rift systems so it was just all a good day that's cool so where's the trophy at is it sitting in your bedroom is it sitting in the living room where where does that trophy live now uh, i'm actually looking at it. it's in my room i have all my professional trophies and horizon award in my room that's awesome. That is so cool. Uh, hang on to that one forever. I know that one's going to mean a lot to you. So um, how much did it mean to you to give someone like Jerry his first win? Uh, I mean, a lot. Um, he came on board not knowing me and uh, kind of just gave me a phone call out of nowhere and said he wanted to help me out. And I said, yep. And where he still sponsoring me to this day. And he He's the reason why I'm pretty much continuing. He gets me to every race, gets me what I need. So to get someone the f- their first victory, uh, victory ride for just coming on, not even knowing me, is pretty cool. Yeah, that that's awesome. He's such a great guy, and, and he spoke really highly of you when we had him on our podcast, and, and he even talked about that first win and how much it meant to him. So it's pretty cool to hear the other side of the coin. Um, let's move into 2018, eighth in the AT singles class, eight top tens, three podiums, and you won the Arizona mile. So, uh, another win under your belt. Did that one, uh, feel just as good as the red mile win? Uh, yeah, red mile was crazy. <laughs> um, that's when my exhaust fell off Yeah, and I ended up winning by like six seconds or something. 
Mm-hmm. And then we had the whole ordeal with the exhaust and uh, not passing the sound check. And we uh, kind of did a, we kind of fought for it and won the, we won the appeal. And I, we didn't get any points or anything, but it was just good knowing that I still got the win. And uh, it was kind of crazy thinking about it that I won six seconds with my exhaust hanging out the back. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because you know that's definitely slowing you down. I mean, I know it. I know it's it sounds loud and and everything, but I I've heard that it slows you down when you don't have a, a, an exhaust muffler. You know, or everything you've got a hole somewhere, or anything like that. So it is amazing what you did. Um, you mentioned 2019 just a little while ago. Um, I think kind of a d- disappointing season uh, from an outsider looking in, but you got tenth in the singles points, so kind of an up and down year. Uh, what what was the cause of the up and down? Yeah, we um it was a disappointing year, um, that's for sure. Going from previous years to getting all the podiums and wins and uh it's mainly just mechanical issues. Uh, we had a lot of chain break and motors kinda of letting go on us and just stupid little things, just unlucky things. Um, but I think we got everything straightened out and got the motors back fresh and hopefully stronger than they were and um did a few little adjustments to the bike and i think it's going to work out and hopefully we can make this season come in a good one absolutely so what is it about the miles in you is it your size or is it just uh that you figured out the draft and some of these other guys haven't or, or why do you why do you think you do so well on the miles uh, i think i think my size plays a factor um i know well, i'm smaller than a lot of the other guys so um go a little little faster um i don't know it's just uh i say i I can draft pretty well i guess i say that um i might might be since i am small it's hard for them to draft me back but um i just like i mean pretty much just wide open and not having to worry about much traction i struggle there so on these bigger tracks it's a little a little easier on me not having to fight for traction and i know shana's the same she's fast on the miles no uh, i think i think it's just might be our size i don't know okay all right so i did notice that last year you missed the mains at daytona springfield buffalo chip and peoria and all those are tts is is the reason for that maybe because you don't like motocross and you don't like right handers or don't like jumps or or did you just have some bad luck at those particular races um, I never really liked TTs. I could say that. Um, but I've been working on them and I have improved. Um, I know Springfield, I was in a transfer spot and got into a tangle. Uh, I used my provisional start and missed it by one spot. Um, other than that, the other one's just either bad luck or just wasn't right hard enough. Um, now, no excuses, really. Just need to keep practicing on them and get better. Okay. So what what did you do in the offseason? I know we're still technically in the offseason, but what did you do in the offseason since the end of last year to prepare yourself for 2020? Oh, I've been, I've been riding. I've rode some motocross to hopefully get better PT-wise. Um, I've been riding my bike, staying in shape, um, riding with a group of people. Uh, just working out and hopefully stay in shape and be in as good shape as 
some of the other guys out here that are also staying in shape and working hard to be faster this season. So hopefully what I've been doing is going to keep me up toward the front and hopefully have no issues with the bike and have a smooth season. You talked just a little while ago that that you, you guys have been working on the bikes a lot and you've got some fast motors. We we all know that they all they all shine when you're out there on the miles. But let's talk about the team a little bit. You speak that uh, Roof Systems is your sponsor. Um, who builds your motorcycles for you? Uh, ben Evans and Woody Kyle. They've built okay. my motors since I've been on 250s, and that's where we've been ever since. And they can build me a motor that can run up front, and I just have to put it up there. Okay, so then who travels with you to the races and who helps you out on race day? Uh, it's mainly me and my dad and uh, mom. Uh, just family travels with us, and dad does all the wrenching in the pits, and I kind of just tell him what to do, and he does it, and that's where we go the rest of the day. You mean you mean he doesn't tell you what to do and you just do that? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. It's awesome to have your family involved. I know when I was racing, it was just me and my dad every week, you know, week in and week out. And uh, it's it's good to have those engine builders that you have with you. I mean, both those guys know how to build some bikes for sure. Um, are you planning on uh, racing both classes here in 2020? Um, at the moment, I think I'm just going to stick with the singles and um, just put all my effort toward that and might ride Springfield mile since we can't ride on the 450 i might ride the production just to be able to race that weekend but um other than that i'm gonna put all my effort to the 450s and try to put it back up front i know racing two classes last year was a lot for not just me but for my dad working on both of them so we're kind of all over the place so i'm gonna step back and just focus on one it is it is it as fun to, to you as it is, Jill, just thinking about it for me? I've never jumped, you know, on the same day, jumped off a twin and jumped back on a 450. That 450 has to feel like a little toy. I mean, is it fun doing that, going back and forth? Um, I would say going from the 450 to the twins one. <laughs> but okay. coming back to the 450 feels like a 50. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, it's not, it's not, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it, you're going anywhere, but, um, after a few laps, you get used to it and uh, feels normal again. I gotcha. So the schedule came out not too long ago. Um, Volusia, the first round, July 17th and 18th, you've gone really good there at, at the Steve Nace All-Star Races and the amateur days there. Um, is that one that's circled on your calendar now that you want to win, or is there another race that you're looking forward to? Um, that one's going to be a big one for sure. I haven't raced there since I uh, had a big crash with Gage Beeland. Okay. On the 250s, so I haven't been there since. She's I don't even know what. I had like nine, almost nine years ago, I'd say. Wow. And I actually saw him at where we Travelers Rest. They came up, and that's the first time I actually seen him since that crash. And uh, it was kind of crazy. Um, I know he was. It was a mess, and uh, we. Just, we were back uh, with his family, supporting him the whole time, and so it'd be kind of cool to win that one. Not being there for so long, and after what happened, kind of win that one can be for Gage, I guess, if I won. That'd be awesome. Um, is that the reason you haven't gone back? Is because of the crash? Uh, no, I just um, I know there was when that when that happened, um, we didn't race after that, 
And then other than that, we just haven't made our way back down there to make it to the race. So it's not really from the crash. We just haven't made it back down that way. Okay, I got you. I mean, sometimes it's just scheduling. Sometimes it's school and stuff like that. How old are you right now? I don't even, I don't even recall how old you are. I know you're one of the young guns. Uh, I'm 20. My birthday is July 3rd. I'll be 21. All right, that's coming up pretty soon. Are you planning on racing any other races or just the Grand Nationals from here on out? Uh, I'll probably race um, in between just to keep fresh. Uh, I know that most of the races, when it starts, you can be back-to-back. There's a few breaks, but um, I'll race when I can in between them. Okay. So the quarantine's kind of thrown a little, uh, you know, a little hiccup in everybody's game. Around here in Oklahoma, they seem to have almost everything open back up. What's it been like there in Indianapolis? I mean, have you been able to get out much, or do you got to stay home and, and just ride? Or, or what's going on, you know, outside of racing there in Indianapolis? Um, it's been pretty locked down where we are. Things are starting to open up now. I know back when it was in the middle of everything, uh, we kind of got out and went to uh, Mid-America and did a few practice laps. Um, That's when things weren't fully opened up yet. But now things are opening up, and we can finally go out without worrying about much. We were on lockdown for about two weeks, and it pretty much just faded off and kind of been like a five-step reopen the city type of thing. So we're coming back around. Cool. What did you miss the most during quarantine? It didn't sound like it affected you that much, but was there some one certain thing that you missed the most? Not much. Uh, I know I, I could still ride and I could still go out and do things. It's not like we were in a super tight lockdown, so didn't really have time to miss much. Okay. So I got a question for you, and, and I kind of know the answer to this one, but why don't you tell the race fans, why do they call you the freak of nature? Uh, when I when Mid America opened up, uh, we were on fifty like fifty chains. So I was riding a Cobra at the time. Mm-hmm. The announcer Brett Cheek, yeah, he uh, just said it out of nowhere, and <laughs> he kind of asked me if I was okay, and we were like, sure, why not? And it's still with me to this day. Yeah. I know yeah. you call me it now. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you like it or, or does it bother you? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It, okay. I could good. It it's, good. It's uh, been with me for this long. Might as well keep it. Yeah, I just I just want to make sure because I just found out recently that Kenny Coolbet didn't didn't like being called the King of Cool, <laughs> but I didn't make that one up, so it's okay. So I'm I'm fine with that. But I just you know I just wanted to ask and make sure you're all right with your your nickname. So oh, yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. Um, do you have a stable of motorcycles, or just have a, you know a couple you know certain two four fifties and a couple twins, or you know how many bikes are sitting in your garage right now? Um, we have a bunch of crap in our garage. <laughs> it's, uh, a lot of random stuff. Uh, we do got our race bikes. We got three four fifties and a twin, and I still got my eighty five that I won nationals on. Cool. Um, and we got a, got a few. We still got my original fifty that wow. I first started on, and just other little pit bikes and fifties that we ride around the house. Got enough. Enough pit bikes for a full pit bike national. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to do it. A little pit bike national at uh, the Stallings family house. We'll have to do that and, and have the neighbors kick you out, I guess, maybe. But, uh, man, it's been it's been fun talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, it's time for Graham's question already. Um, Graham's a huge fan of yours. She, she told me that before she texted me her question. 
and uh, she loves racing. You know that. Uh, but she was so excited when she watched you win the Arizona Mile. But what she wants to know is how how do you think or what do you think it will take to win in the now even more heavily competitive singles class this year? Um, for one, don't have any mechanical issues that I've had in the past, so hopefully some good luck's on my side. Um, other than that, just staying focused throughout the day, and um, if it's a mile, make sure I'm on my game, drafting, and uh, try to get away from the draft. I should say like I did at Red Mile, and um, just keep pushing forward, and hopefully I can come out on top, and um, if not, just kind of wait my turn in the main and draft and get to the front. And uh, I also say a good start probably at help. I know I've been getting some not so good starts in the past, so I've been working on those. So um, just good starts, um, good, some luck on my side, and just keep pushing forward. Okay. For the AFT singles, it looks like it's almost all half miles with the exception of, you know, the, the Springfield TT. A couple of races still yet to be announced. We'll have to see what those are. But uh, the schedule looks pretty pretty good. Looks like you should do well in all those races. Uh, we definitely wish you the best of luck. Who do you think is going to be your stiffest competition here in 2020? Um, I couldn't say anyone in particular. Uh, the whole field is just everyone is top-notch, so... It could, anyone could win, I think. And um, it's just going to be, I'd just say, a battle the whole time. And uh, just keep, like I said, keep pushing forward and hope to come out on top. And everybody's going to be going for the front. So I think it's going to be a tough season. Absolutely. I can't wait for it to get started down there in Volusia. Well, it's time for our rapid fire questions. I know you listen to the podcast. So when I re read you the question, tell me the first thing that pops into mind. Are you ready? I think so. All right. What's your favorite motorcycle you've ever ridden? Uh, the twins. Just, just the one that you have or any one in particular? Uh, let's, let's say the Indian. All right. I like that answer. That's cool. Um, what's your favorite racetrack? And it could be on the schedule. It could be a motocross track. It could be a road racetrack. It doesn't matter. What is your favorite racetrack? The Red Mile. All right. Winner of the first Grand National win there. Okay. Who's your favorite flat tracker of all time? The uh, person I've looked up to the most would be Kenny Colbert. All right. I love it. Uh, who's your favorite person to go bench racing with? You know, talk about some races, hang back, and just, just have a good conversation about racing. Um, I know I talk to Jerry about a lot of racing and also my dad. Okay. I like that. Um, what's, what's a favorite thing you've ever heard from a race fan? Probably that I'm their favorite rider. Oh, that's cool, man. That's really cool. Uh, the next one here is a little bit different. If you weren't a flat tracker, what would you be doing? Tough one. Maybe um, continue wrestling in college. All right. So how how good a wrestler were you? Um, I was decent. I liked yeah. it. Um, I know I got cut short my high school years from breaking stuff, but um, <laughs> the year before I broke my wrist and got to sit out and then i went all the way to the round before state and i lost by one point wow and then that other than that i haven't wrestled for since that uh, been two years of my high school years because either broke something or something else happened i gotcha uh, are you gonna get involved in any of the meese wiles action or are you gonna let those two hash it out <laughs> 
They can have it. <laughs> I like it. So here's kind of a, a little trickier question. Uh, when you're headed to the races, you have to bring your what? What do you have to have with you? They have a sliding shoe. Can't do much right. about that one. All right, last question. We kind of borrow this one from Dave Despain, but what are you most proud of? Um, probably winning the Horizon Award and the Youth Rider of the Year Award. Awesome. So having both of them. That's cool. Not a lot of people have won you know, either one of those, and only one can win each year. So it's pretty cool that you knocked off both of those accomplishments. Uh, man, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast here today. Do you want to say thanks to anybody before we let you go? Uh, yeah, say uh, thanks to Jerry and Roof Systems. They are a big part of my team now, and they've helped me out the past few years. So I give a big shout-out to them. Uh, Motion Pro, Henson Clutches, uh, Works Connection, Vortex, uh, Devin Jessup, Woody Kyle, Ben Evans, uh, Rye Helmets, West Coast Hot Shoe for, for my hot shoe question there, uh, Bill Built, and Fusion Racewear for stepping on board and helping out the whole roof systems team this year and getting all our canopies and stuff done before Daytona, which we didn't really need because it got canceled and uh, flawless hair. Right on, man. Again, thanks so much. And I wish you a lot of success here in 2020. Um, I'm planning on seeing you on top of the podium at least a couple times. That is my plan. Cool, man. Thanks a lot for your time and we'll, we'll see you out the races. Okay. All right. Thank you for having me. That was the freak of nature, Kevin Stallings himself. And you know what? I was glad I asked if he liked that nickname because I didn't know until after Kenny Coolbeth retired that he didn't like his nickname. So uh, <laughs> he actually told us that, on on one of our uh, episodes, yeah, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think he was already done racing or almost done racing. He was I mean, definitely done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so how many times do you that, think you called him the King of Cool in in his career? <laughs> probably a thousand. 80 maybe maybe i was trying to think about how many races it might have been but you know i usually use that most of the time during rider introductions yeah. so maybe once a race maybe but maybe more so i don't know i got an interesting stat for you i love interesting stats belusha will be my 199 and 200th consecutive grand national to call as an announcer really yeah I guess you have like a, a, a catalog of all the races you've called. I have all the results, mostly the winners from every race I've called. And I just looked back and one day I counted it and I just uh, on my stats sheet at the very bottom, I keep track. And right now I'm at 198 after the Meadowlands race. So 199. And those are all nationals. Yes, all those are Grand Nationals. Gotcha. And they're consecutive since I started. If you had to put a number on how many races in general or events because you do things outside of motorcycle racing yeah what do you think that would be i usually average around i would say 48 to 50 events a year just just depending on what's going on i mean this year obviously it's gonna be a lot lower because i didn't get to do a whole lot this spring but uh and i haven't done a whole lot in the meantime but um for 12 years times 50 is that's 600 but i don't know if it's that many i i don't know that's a, that's a good question i i could probably go back and look through my notes but a lot uh, a lot yeah a lot. I mean, a lot are flat track racing you know most of it's grand national a lot of steve nace races a lot of uh 
you know, one-offs here and there. Uh, Galesburg Short Track, um, I've done some stuff flat out Friday up there in Wisconsin uh, for Harley-Davidson. Uh, Barber Fritchie. Monster Trucks. Yeah, the Barber Fritchie Classic. I've done that about six or seven years. Um, and, you know, Monster Truck shows keep me busy in the winter. I've done a lot of arena cross races lately, too. Oh, so, that's right, yeah. X Games, I mean, there's there's a lot. Nice. But it's been fun. You're a legend. In my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, man, that was a good one. I, I've like we've had him on the list for over a year, I think, just trying to get him on and talk. So it's good to hear hear good to hear his backstory and uh, what he's got going for for 2020 here. And like you said earlier, dude, he could be a sleeper. I mean, we usually see him winning and doing well in those miles, but I mean, he's also podiumed on a few uh, half miles too. So and there's plenty of those on this on the schedule this season. Yeah, I, I think he's going to do good. He's got a really good team behind him. Uh, he's got two good engine builders, and I think he's got some confidence now. Um, I think, you know, he struggled last year, and some people will, you know, do better after they struggle a year. They know now what their weaknesses were. Uh, he's had some bad luck with some mechanicals. Um, I just think he's going to have everything put together here for 2020, and, and I look for him to win at least two. Bold statement. Are you going to, like, shave your eyebrows if he doesn't? I shaved my eyebrows. What are you doing this weekend? I'm working to build out my studio, man. I've been doing that for like two, three weeks. I feel like it's a never-ending project, but uh, it's going to be awesome when I'm done. I ordered my desk. I'm excited about that, so hopefully get that um, tomorrow and start building that out. What about uh, Flat Track Jeopardy, that first episode? I haven't seen that yet. Just kind of putting you on the spot right here in front of everybody. (sighs) So it might just be like a pilot episode. So I think we're going to record the competition between you guys whether it's going to be you and Corey, or you and sammy versus Corey and, and jake like we talked about originally we'll figure that out but let's let's put it on the calendar let's get that scheduled and get it get it going next week well i'm busy this weekend but maybe next week i know i got the aft show we got the off the groove podcast and we'll have to figure out some jeopardy at some point too it's good though your calendars it's filling up and you're actually doing things instead of just sitting better than sitting right there on that couch with my uh thumb changing channels on the remote and you're going to be seeing some racing so you'll get your racing fix this weekend you'll be all happy next week hopefully uh whoops whoop some Corey texter ass and some flat track jeopardy and then you'll be, be ready to start the season we'll see i'm ready all right, um, All right let's call this well, one a wrap then good luck with the, uh, your studio develops and, and progresses over the weekend uh, thanks to all of our fans also don't forget if you follow us or listen to us on iTunes leave us a review we'd appreciate it uh, it would help us get more people to listen and make us where we're easier to find so uh, we'd appreciate we'd like to see some reviews on iTunes or I would I don't know about you Carter I love reviews you can leave them on iTunes you can leave them on Spotify you can email me at 214 at gmail.com no oh, i probably shouldn't say that i'm gonna bleep that out <laughs> use the rooster please <laughs> use the rooster what yeah what are you oh, trying to say <laughs> <laughs> i'll use the rooster uh no leave us reviews leave us it on reviews on our social tell us what you think tell us what you like what you don't like what you want to see what you don't want to see uh, this is all, here. This is all for hear? you. Yeah, you're not seeing any of this. It's all for your earballs. Hey, appreciate all the listeners, all the followers, man. I, I just really, I, I know I say it every week, but we really do. Uh, if you have a comment or anything, uh, we either, Carter or myself, will get back to you. And uh, if you have a writer, mechanic, promoter, anybody that you'd like to suggest, hit us up. We'll see what we can do. All right, man. Enjoy the uh, flat track racing out there in Terre Haute. 
Absolutely. We'll, we'll uh, talk to you next Friday. Peace.